Welcome back to the Total Focus Podcast, episode number 11. I'm your host, Paul. Our guest this week is Tamler Allard. She currently has a local title with Miss Maryland, and she will be competing this month for Miss Maryland. Let's go right into the show. Our special guest this week is Tamra Allard. Welcome to the show. Hi, thanks for having me. Well, we really appreciate you coming on board. Of course, absolutely. I'm excited. So I want to bring you on board because... You're new to the Maryland area, but you have a current local title with Miss America, and you're competing mm-hmm. this June for the Miss America Maryland title. So it's yep, really interested correct. in getting a perspective of someone who has a local title um, who is now competing for our title. So as I've always done on the show, this is an opportunity to give people perspective of where you started from and where you are now. So, you know, truly you, if you're going to be able to transcend different communities and really build friendships that to me, it really seems like you're really adjusting really well. So where do you find that, you know, is that something you was instilled by your parents or is this something that you personally have? Oh, just being able to adjust the area. You mean? Yes. I mean, I will say that, it wasn't easy at first. It's definitely something that I had to grow into. Um, but I think a lot of it came from just me being active about searching for people who had um, common beliefs and common values in the area. And Miss America is actually one of the places that I turned to first because my experience is that Miss America is all about building connections and building community. And so it made the most sense for me to actually um, compete in the Miss America organization, compete for a local title um, in regards to being able to make it to Miss Maryland so that I could make new friends. And in fact, uh, someone I work with, um, Arcadia Yule, is actually a former local title holder in the Miss Maryland system. And so she was really the one who helped me, helped put me in the right uh, direction and connect me with the right people. Well, do you have any, um, wh- where originally are you from? So the people know that. Yeah. So I'm originally from Washington State, so I drove all the way across the country to get here for graduate school. So I'm actually now at the University of Maryland pursuing a PhD in developmental psychology. But I, I grew up in a small town called Yakima, Washington. Oh, you, um, which you is grew up in Yakima? East. I did grow up in Yakima. I have, I have a very close friend. I know that's crazy to believe, but I have a close friend that lives in Yakima, so... Really? Actually, it's funny. Um, in my my local interview, one of the judges knew someone from Yakima, and they said I was the second person that, that they had met from there. <laughs> I was you like, know, wow, what a small world. My my one friend says it's the smallest place in the world. You either a drug dealer or, or, you, or, you, oh or you work in Seattle. So I'm like, okay. Yeah. I'm like, I don't think it's that bad. She's like, She's like, no, it's not really that bad. I'm just trying to be sarcastic, so... <laughs> just like any place it has its goods and its bads i'm like okay whatever so <laughs> you left your this very now the people do not are not like uh seattle um washington state tonian people um it's a really small small town so what was the benefits um for your your specific degree is was maryland really the best place to go or was it just you yeah. wanted to go east did you want to go east coast more Um, Well, actually, I specifically wanted to move to the DMV area. I went, it was 
actually May two years ago that I came on a family vacation to DC for the very first time. I fell in love with the area. And it was around this time that I was starting to kind of narrow down my list of places that I was going to be applying for graduate school. And so I started looking into some of the most, uh, the best schools for research in psychology in the area. And University of Maryland is, of course, one of the ones that popped up first. Um, and there was actually a particular uh, advisor that I really wanted to work with. Her name is Tracy Reagans, and she is my current advisor. And she is doing the exact type of research that I want to do. She's looking at memory and brain development um, in uh, small children. And we're actually very recently moving into sleep work, too. And this is all tying into my platform and the way I want to develop my research so that it is helping the education system develop new policies um, and also better practices for teachers so that students are really getting um, the benefit of, you know, this vast amount of research that can really help to improve their their experience. I mean, that sounds absolutely uh, fascinating. I, I... Yeah, I, I adore it. I, I get to go to work every day and nerd out. So <laughs> what do you do to like de-stress your brain? Are you one of those people that do the uh, New York uh, crossword puzzle to like <laughs> to like to de-stress? Because it sounds like your, your brain is uh, twirling all the time if you're doing that type you know, of work. I actually miss America is really my reprieve from that. It's being able to kind of. Um, be with people and communicate with people and be able to go out in the community and make a difference and um, be with my friends as well that I've made in the area. So one of the main ways I just dress is just by doing Miss America stuff. And I mean, who doesn't love dressing up pretty and wearing a crown um, and being able to represent? An you would be surprised. Like you would be surprised. <laughs> <laughs> you came out here on vacation. That's how you got to grad school. But how did let's start from the beginning. What got you into the performing arts being the show person? Because clearly I hope that um people are getting the um opinion that you're definitely like like hello, like <laughs> my you have to come say hello to me, you know, cuz her personality is that way. You should definitely like give her a hug, give her a high five. Um it's definitely the <laughs> Yes, um, I do love the high five. <laughs> just like this is the uh first time I actually had the opportunity to actually sit down and talk to you. I was like, "Oh yeah, your personality is just like like put you in the front of parade and let you be the grand marshal. You'd be like <laughs> starting every, you know, getting everyone riled up, you know." Or the Absolutely, you know, yeah. Um, so I can actually think back to a time when my parents tell me that they took me to the state fair once and apparently I was like three or four years old and I jumped up on a bench and I started singing to people. So I've always had a bit of a performer inside of me and it's around that time that they actually put me in gymnastics. So I really kind of developed um, this like need to do cool tricks for people and be able to really perform. Um, and Miss America really gives me a wonderful outlet for that because obviously I'm a grandma for a gymnast now and so I can't quite do um, the uneven bars like I used to be able to, but I can perform on a stage, um, which is a really, really wonderful opportunity for me to be able to do that now that I'm, you know, a grandma, <laughs> 24 years old. <laughs> well, if anyone watches the Olympics, we all know that the girls that are in the Olympics um, team um, performance are all like 14. So, oh, yeah, it's crazy. Just, yeah. It's how crazy how early you age in or age out. So, 
Well, I think one of the wonderful things about the gymnastics academy that I went to growing up, they were less concerned with pumping out Olympic champions and more concerned with making well-developed, driven young people. And I feel like that definitely was instilled in me through that academy. And so I'm really grateful that I wasn't pushed into this extreme performance side of the sport because I think it can ruin it for people. And gymnastics is still something that's fun for me and that I that I do to relax. I honestly think that um, gymnastics should be, and I'm pronouncing it, gyna- gymnastics, gymnastics, yes, should be actually <laughs> um, funded in every um, elementary and high school because it teaches you balance, it teaches you form, it teaches you grace, it teaches you like stretching, all these like really critical things that as you get older, oh, yeah. you need to stretch every day. Um, you need to learn your balance. You know, as you get older, we go out of alignment. Um, so actually, one of my undergraduate degrees is in kinesiology, and we talk about this and that sports, especially for young children, really shouldn't be specific. Um, so things like, you know, those really young uh, soccer and football um, programs can actually be damaging to your child's development. And it's actually better to put them in something like gymnastics where they can develop strength and agility and flexibility and balance. And all of these things really can develop them into a better athlete later in life and really just a more um, more aware person who, you know, can be athletic throughout their life and, and really have those skills for exercise. Exactly. I mean, one of the things I've always read about for baseball specifically is you should put your child, girl or boy, into soccer because footwork, footwork oh, yeah. is really important running the bases because you do that majority of the time. You're either in the field or you're – running the bases, you only at bat 10% of the, of the, the portion of the game. So soccer is all about footwork. If you, oh, yeah, it's all run- about applying those general skills. Right. So it goes back to how gymnastics or everyone knows everyone. If you listen to this show, everyone knows I have a reading disability. So it goes into the <laughs> pronunciation. Um, no, no. no. So, um, yeah, basic footwork, and then also balance, I think, has a big thing. I think especially as you get older, balance is, oh, like, yeah. a big, big thing. So you did that yeah. for how long did how, how long did you do that for? Uh, competitive gymnastics. So I started doing gymnastics when I was three, so when I was really little. But then I started competing right around the age of 10, and I finally retired when I was 18. Now, during that period, were you doing anything else? You said you... Oh, yeah. Did, well, were you I doing was actually, singing? To, were, I mean, first oh. of all, what is your talent? Is your talent singing? Is it dancing? Yeah, I do gymnastics. I do gymnastics. Okay, so that's what your performance piece is. So you're going to do... Yeah. Are you? Is it more ballet style, or is it going to be more like free it's dance? High energy, it's high energy acrobatics. Okay. Um, I, I guess it's kind of... It's, it's, I dance to like dance music. Cool. So it's a really very much its own style because I used to do like jazz acrobatics and that really wasn't the style that best fit me. And I've tried lyrical and I really think that just making something that's high energy that really just kind of fits my skills was the best option for me. So for people um, that but I don't want to address because you did ask me if I did anything else growing sure, go up. Ahead, go ahead. Um, 
so I actually was because of gymnastics, because of how rigorous it was, you know, I was in the gym 25 hours a week. Sometimes, um, I was actually an online student from seventh grade until graduation. And that actually allowed me to participate in a lot of extracurricular activities. So I did take acting classes, which was really enjoyable for me. I sang for a little while. Um, I found that I am not a natural singer. <laughs> it takes a little bit more work for me. Um, no, but- personally, you're, I like, and this is not um, taken as like sarcastic. Personally, your personality would be great as an actor. Like you're really, oh, well, like you. really, um, you're really loud and expressive, <laughs> as, in a good, good way. Yeah. Like in a good I'm, way. <laughs> no, like like people can be loud and like they're screaming at someone. You're just like like hi, hi. <laughs> you know, like like I know like acting coaches will look for someone like that because you're very expressive when you're telling a story. Like you're all like when people vote for people, they like someone who's like animated. Like they always said that Bill Clinton was really animated because he would use his hands, you know, when he was at the podium. It makes him more charismatic. Right. Exactly. And and you can see in your face when you talk to you. So everyone, you should definitely sit down, have talked, have a conversation because like things will be going on and like, she'll be telling you, she can like watch two things at once. So <laughs> I know it's kind of unfortunate. We don't have a video camera on me right now. <laughs> well, you know, you know, you just bring all your friends and family and eventually we can make this a video podcast. So, Oh, I would love yes. that. <laughs> and then, you know, you, you know, you come back as Miss Marilyn, you know, and then um, we can do, we can do a recap too. So. Oh, wow. Yeah. That would be amazing. (laughs) Hey, you know, that, hey, I I have to woo all the girls to, to, you know, you know. I appreciate it. I'm not stopping you. Uh, Okay. (laughs) So you're going to do dance. And I wanted to ask you specifically because some people don't, they're not in our world, so they don't understand. So I hope at least everyone knows what the movie Flash Dance is. Is your music style like flash dance the movie like that high like that type of music is that the best way to describe it maybe a little bit it's been a while since i've seen flash dance i guess like the best way i can the best i can describe the music is it's like electric dance style okay but like modern so similar but like more modern than that okay yeah just but like high tempo High tempo, yes, fast. Yeah, okay. Fun. That's what that's bouncy. what I meant by it. like you know they go. Yeah. I can it. <laughs> um. Okay. So you're doing that between three and fourteen, but you're also acting. And then what? Like, are you doing any pageants at that point? Like, like. Yeah. I mean, like, mm. like who's pushing this? Is it? Are you pushing this? Like, is this a like as a child like? Is this something that like I I deserve to be in in the in the spotlight, or are you like being pushed by your parents? Oh, absolutely not. Um, a lot of the activities that I chose um, were just that. They were activities that I chose for myself. My mom definitely told me from a very young age, like, I expect you to always be doing something because, you know, when you're doing something, you're keeping out of trouble. And that was very much true for me. Um, so I love gymnastics. I loved being active. I loved tumbling. And so that was something that I obviously wanted to do, but I was always interested in acting. Um, but it wasn't until I was 16 that I really discovered pageants. I guess I didn't really realize that they were a real thing. And I think that that's something that's really common with people is that um, they'll kind of come 
to pageants from the outside world and they'll be like, wow, we still do this. And then they fall in love with it, which is exactly what happened to me. Um, and my very first pageant was actually, it wasn't a Miss America pageant. It was a, an outstanding teen pageant. Um, and I somehow managed to win that. Um, and after that, I just became addicted to the entire organization and to um, the amazing opportunities and lessons that it provided for me. Um, and it's kept me coming back. I just wanted to take one second from this great interview and talk about our sponsor of the week, Mid-Atlantic Video and Photography Productions. No matter if you're planning a wedding, a special event, or you just need an amazing headshot, they are the team to get the job done. You can reach out to them at 443-422-3830. Again, that's 443-422-3830. Or you can go just go right to their website at mavpp.com. Now let's get right back to the show and listen to this great interview. You have an outstanding team local title or state title? Uh, local title. Local title. So, yeah, I was Miss Yakima County's outstanding team in 2012. Okay. <laughs> Throwback. Awesome. Yeah. And do you have any other uh, teen titles or do you, or outstanding? Let's not offend. Outstanding teen is the proper terminology. Do you have, yes. any, do you have any other so actually? I uh, so I I was kind of disappointed because I only got to compete the one year because I was 16. I was actually 17 at Miss Washington's Outstanding Teen, and so that was my last year to compete. But I absolutely love the organization. I really wish I had more time to compete as a teen. Um, I don't know. There's just I guess the the expectations are slightly different. Um, it was nice. You got to do active wear, which was fun. Um, but yeah, so I only got to do it the one time. But I wish I had more opportunities. So doing that one competition, you just happened to win right, right about right away. Mm -hmm. Is there some kind of like, like bubbling thing that keeps on happening? Like I have to do this over and over. Like what, what keeps on driving you back to, to do that again? I mean, there's always the need to improve. I'm definitely someone who likes to set goals for myself, um, both in the short term and in the long term. Um, and so I always kind of kept coming back with the expectation that I would do a little better, that I would beat myself from the time before, um, maybe that I would place a little bit higher. So I think that that's probably the main driving force, but there's also all of the opportunities that come along with it. There's other small goals along the way. Um, specifically, I've set a lot of goals in relation to my platform because my platform is all about education and clearly I've made that a part of my career. And so there's certain opportunities that the Miss America organization affords me that I don't necessarily get from my career because it really is more of a public spotlight type of a position. So I have the opportunity to advocate a little bit more. Um, Whereas in my career, I'm doing more research, um, maybe doing a little bit more education than actually being able to advocate on a um, local, state, and national stage. So this is some sum it up. You wanted to continue what you were doing, and you wanted to take it to the next level. Yep. Always. So, <laughs> no, 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 it's good. I mean, that's the perfectionist. I mean, at, as a scientist, uh, is that how you're classified currently? Are you a scientist or are you a doctor? Yeah, uh, yes. I'm a, I'm a scientist. I will be a doctor in four years, okay. hopefully, if everything goes as planned. <laughs> well, okay. Well, we'll take the scientist route, and then you can then you get the DR. Okay. Yes. <laughs> and the PhD behind my name. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> then give me my money. <laughs> um, I hope so. Yeah, exactly. No, no, no. no just don't be Sheldon, okay? <clears throat> <laughs> you couldn't do any more Miss America Outstanding Teen. Did you do another organization to kind of tied you over or did you not do any pageants did you just 
at this point focus on high school into college like like where where's the gap because at this point you're like 13 14 right you oh you just said you were I was 16 you're 16 yeah, I so was 24 there was there was some time in between there right um yes so i took a year off from competing in pageants just to be able to focus on finishing out my senior year of high school and being able to focus on getting into college. And then um, I decided that I wanted to come back to the Miss America organization. And so I competed for my local title. Um, and I actually competed three years in a row in Washington. Um, and then I took some more time off, which I think was really good for me because I think that something that happens when you get really deeply entrenched in any pageant organization, not just Miss America, um, is you can kind of lose sight um, of your real goals and um, you know, kind of real life. <laughs> because you're so focused on pageants. Um, and one of the things that I definitely saw happening to myself was I was finding validity for myself within the crown, which I don't think you should ever do. Your, your validation should not come from winning a pageant. Your validation should come from the work that you're doing and the people that you're helping. And I think that really taking that break and then coming back to the Miss America organization this year was a really wonderful opportunity for me to reset and really think about my goals and why I wanna be a part of Miss America and why Miss America was such a good um, organization for me in the first place so that's really surprising to hear so you you fully admit that you got basically i guess like i i guess i call it crowny envy like like yeah. uh like the uh, lord of the rings guy the little troll like that always wants he wants the ring he's like my ring my ring so th was it was it the title or was it the crown or was it like everything like like, well, I think it was the whole experience. I really, really wanted to be a state title holder and not necessarily always for the right reasons. Um, now, that being said, I was doing all of the right actions, right? Like I, my last year, I competed for a local title. Before this one, I made almost 200 appearances as a local title holder, um, which was something I was really proud of. So I was doing a lot of service, but I think I was so focused on winning my state title that I wasn't able to enjoy it as much as I wanted to. I really wasn't able to enjoy my state experience. Um, I was stressed the entire time. I remember standing in the wings before they called top 10 and just thinking that I was going to vomit. I was so nervous. Um, and that's really not what it should be about. I mean, it's wonderful to be able to walk away with a crown. It's wonderful to have the opportunity to be a state title holder and a state representative. But what it's really about is being um, a representative in your community. Um, I think there's a, there's a line from this latest Spider-Man movie, um, Tony Stark says something about, you know, if you're nothing without that suit, then you shouldn't have it. I think it's the same thing with the crown. You really should be your own person before you step into a state title or even a local title um, so that you can really um, create yourself within the image of the crown. Uh, well said. Um, Thank you. <laughs> I, um, we, I really appreciate you being so like, because no one really wants to like tell the truth. Um, <laughs> but you like, no, cause like you're, I don't think people want to admit that you're human that that you personally are human and that you have you have the ability to to have flaws and that so when you do have flaws and you've learned to um to admit them and then try to become a better person I think is actually when you actually become a better person because when you're a child you only learn after falling I mean walking is a exactly. perfect yeah, exactly. Um, walking is a perfect example. You know, as a child, you don't we don't know self doubt. So when we learn to walk, we fall millions of times 
not literally, but figuratively. And mm-hmm. we learn to walk because there's no self-doubt and we continue to try. But as, as adults, self-doubt is ingrained in us by other people. So we don't try things. So then we become embassy, envious of people that have things that we don't have. So, right. And, you know, it's, it's, it's commendable that you are willing to admit that, you know, and people are going to like hear this, but you're saying that, that you realize that and you've rised personally above that and you feel that you've uh, been able to like dust off those demons and are doing it for the right reason. I mean, I, I would like give you a high five because like that, <laughs> no, cause that like just shows for you as personally as a human being that you're trying to grow. You're not trying to be in that same spot over and over and over. The whole point about pageants and in life is to take the opportunity to grow and continue to um, fossil um, growth and ambition for future things in life. Yeah, I absolutely agree. Um, And I think that if you're not growing in pageants, then, you know, maybe it's time to take a break. And that was actually some of the best advice I got is after my last year competing, um, you know, before this, I did. I got the advice from a couple of people like, you know, Tamara, like you could do really well, but like I think that you've maybe stalemated and maybe you just need to take a break just to focus on yourself. And I'm really, really glad that I got that advice um, because I think it's made me a better person in the end. Um, and I think it's made me a better title holder. Um, and that's that's really something valuable to me that I don't think I could have gotten any other way. Do you also personally for yourself, do you think it was the community that you were in that it was time for you to spread your wings and actually go somewhere else? Uh, Yeah, absolutely. I mean, obviously my career was taking off at this time and I was really starting to think about graduate school and what I wanted to do with my life. Um, And it's, it can be difficult when you're kind of in a transition period in your life to be focusing on pageantry and focusing on some of the extracurriculars in your life. So it really was a good opportunity for me to focus on my future, figure out where I was going to be. um, And then once I was settled, I was able to really kind of jump back in wholeheartedly. So you took that year off. You went back in. Actually took two years took off. Two years off. Okay. You trans yes. back, trans back, trans back, transverse back into it. And at this point, you're done with your undergrad. Is, is that, yep. is that where at the point? And you, we've now gone, you, you and your parents have gone on a trip to Washington, D.C. Is that where we are, we're back to now? Yeah. So yeah, kind of. We're back. I guess we're back at me getting my PhD now. Um, so I actually, I will back up say that I graduated from Washington State University. That's where I have my degree from, and I have dual degrees: one in kinesiology and one one in psychology. Um, and then after receiving those and having some really great mentorship from advisors at Washington State University, I was able to um, get into my PhD program because that in and of itself is like a huge undertaking, just getting here, right? Um, And a lot of that actually would say was because of Miss America. I remember um, there's this really big name in my field, Jude Cassidy, and she's at the University of Maryland. um, And she interviewed me and she asked me about my Miss America experience, you know, kind of with that same skepticism that you get from a lot of people who haven't really encountered a pageant girl before and they're like she's like what is this why why would you do this and I was really able to talk about my community service experience Um, I was able to talk about National Higher Education Day which is something that is closely related with my platform 
platform um, and talk about some of the broader impacts of why I would want to get a PhD in developmental psychology, why I would want to study the things I was studying. And clearly, I made an impact on her because I did get in <laughs> to the University of Maryland. Um, and now I'm having an opportunity to really pursue my dreams. Having a good life story and being able to express it and being able to tell your story, no matter what it is, is really important. So clearly, she loved that you were really passionate and being able to tell the story. I mean, I, I think, I think the the way you describe anything, I think you could have told a story about honeybees and you could have made it um, really interesting. It just happened to be the topic of of Miss America. So I. I think I give more kudos to your to your storytelling than to the just happen to be Miss America. So, but it All also right. sounds like you'd be a great um, pitch person to continue the the idea that pageants are important for females to have. You know, um, oh, they absolutely ha- are. And I I absolutely think that it's very important for women to have more opportunities. Um, men have all these opportunities and women do not have these all, all these opportunities so i think this is something that if a lady or a woman would want to do that then they should have the opportunity to to do that so yeah it's definitely uniquely set up to empower women and to help them build their own personal brand which i don't think that there are necessarily as many opportunities out there for women necessarily as say men um to do that and i think that this this is a really wonderful organization specifically miss america is a really wonderful organization for being able to harbor that exactly we've now come back to the the beginning of our story where you've now come to maryland so how how are you enjoying actually being in maryland are you is it completely different than than washington state i mean most people maryland uh, associate washington state with uh, first Starbucks, rain, um, and yeah. trees. So there are lots of trees. Yes, uh, especially where you're from. Um, from what I was told from my friend, uh, it's the apple. Um, it's oh the yeah, apple we have a lot of agriculture cap- out right. there. An, yep. It's the apple. Um, so yeah, it's actually also the largest producer of hops in the world. <laughs> Go oh, figure. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, but you no, know, I you're Miss America. I, you're Miss America. You don't dare drink, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely not. Never. <laughs> <laughs> um, Sober from birth. Oh yeah, exactly. She's never. <laughs> any judges listening? She's never drank. She's never had one sip of drink so. ever. <laughs> so, um, so I well just to bring it back to Maryland. Yeah. I absolutely adore it here. I feel like I've never felt like I belong somewhere so much um i it's funny because i mean at first definitely there was a transition period and there are lots of differences um between maryland and washington or just generally the dmv area and washington but i've really come to learn that i'm more of a city girl like i'm used to living now in a more metropolitan area um which is not where I've been in the past. And so I love living close to DC. But in addition to that, I'm like a huge history nerd and we don't have a ton of like, like far ingrained history in Washington. Um, so I absolutely adore being able to go to the museums on a weekly basis. When I first got here, I actually spent almost every weekend in DC. Um, but oh, yeah, I just learned if, so if that, many wonderful things. What? If that's seriously something you like to do, there's some really cool museums. Yes. That we'll have to go, we'll have to go to this summer. Cause I <laughs> yes, guarantee, I, agree, yeah. I guarantee that there's some museums 
like there's some air air and space museums that I guarantee that you you're not aware of. So if you're that kind of history buff person, and then um, I mean, my favorite is probably the American Art Museum, which is something that kind of surprised me because I've never considered myself much of an art fan. Um, But I love walking through um, the portrait gallery, and they also have a new exhibit up called it's like the Hall of Silhouettes or something like Mm -hmm. that, and Oh, there's so much history. It's so rich. It's so deep. Um, and just well, being able to take that in is amazing. Well, it sounds like we have to go to New York and go to the New York, the New York uh, Art Museum. So it's only <laughs> I'm one down. The... I'm in. <laughs> so. so it sounds like you're but just... I also have to say, like, I want to mention, because, like, um, we actually, you and I, got to go on the Pride of Baltimore last weekend, which is something that... That was my first time really in the inner harbor of Baltimore. Um, And I realized, I'm like, I need to spend more time in Baltimore. This town is beautiful. Um, For those of you who don't know, the Pride of Baltimore is this ship that is essentially, its job is to promote tourism in Baltimore. And it's gorgeous. Um, And so I'm not sure when exactly it's docked in Baltimore, but if you have an opportunity to go on a ride, you should. It's absolutely gorgeous. So you just mentioned that. Know that, and I actually might know that. So, <laughs> so uh, no, that this is not in any way, guys. This is not a sale pitch. Um, we're just doing this as a courtesy to the Pride. Um, they're a not-for-profit organization. They literally only make money by doing sailings and um, and getting people on the ship for visits. So they actually sail the first week in June. And they're going to be in the Inner Harbor at Pier 1 um, every every weekend until they sail. So they're going to be there the next two weeks. So their sailing's available um, as uh, cheap as $30 for kids and then $50 for adults. So if you want to take in the trip that we did, which is incredible, I have photos on my Instagram. She's got them on I hers. I have photos on my Instagram as well. Yes. <laughs> So, and I'll definitely tag each other um, below. So, please check them out. The Pride is a ship that must be uh, witnessed in person and also needs to be um, actually sailed on. Um, but it needs to be experienced. Yes, absolutely. Yes. Um, if, you've, if you do not know what a clipper ship is, a clipper ship is a large sailing vessel that is based for speed and and trust me, they don't even get to sail at full speed, um, and and it's still very um, an epic voyage. And we just you know are sailing around the Horn, um, so it's definitely um, I I I'm thankful that you had we 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 honestly um, we put together our little outing with the Miss America girls and um, in Adriana to 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 have like a co event and just build some awareness. And I'm really happy that. You are we're so happy, and you, you got so much value out of it. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I I would definitely you know, one of the things it's one of my personal gripes. I, you're going to the University of Maryland, but it, technically, it's only ten feet away from the DC line. So technically, it's the University of DC. So. <laughs> know about that um no it takes 45 minutes from baltimore to get there so you're not you're not you're not you're not a Baltimore. you're not a baltimore you're not a baltimore person you're you're a washingtonian um you you get the one no 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 no, 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 no. see as you live here longer now 
you you're not the newspaper generation, but in the old days, if you got the Washington Post, you're a Washingtonian, and if you got the Baltimore Sun, you're a Baltimore person. Mm. So it's yeah. a different. It's just a slight. It's no different. It's not a um, slight in any way, but it's also if you root for the Redskins, then you're a Washingtonian. If you root for the Baltimore Ravens or the Colts, then you're a Baltimore. Then you're a Baltimore person. So, um, what if I'm not a football fan? <laughs> Well, if you walk, if you root for the Senators, then you're a Washingtonian. If you root for the Baltimore Orioles, you're a Baltimore Orioles person. So I just ordered my Orioles shirt. Well, so that that's I good. I suppose they make me an Orioles fan. That's good. I would say that would be a, a good spot in the um, start in the right direction. We'll have to indoctrinate you into everything Orioles. So we'll take you okay, up to. Th- we'll take you up to Thirty Third Street and show you where the first location of our first stadium is. It was mm. actually on 33rd Street, so that's why it was called um, uh, Field of Dreams, you know, uh, of magic, you know, from the movie, you know, 30... Um, right. Yeah, so, you know, th- th- that's just my personal opinion, so that's out of the way. Um, <laughs> so, I guess are you, it sounds like to me you're you're really falling in love with the area. Then are you not moving? Oh, are, are you not yeah, moving I really back? Am. I guess are you not moving back? I mean, honestly, I kind of have to follow my career. But my dream is actually I I kind of have this diverging dream with my career. So I have two op- options. Um, I could go into academia and I could be a professor and I could do research for the rest of my life, which I absolutely love that idea. That would probably require me to move somewhere else. Um, It may allow me to stay here. It may send me back to Washington. It may send me, you know, to Europe. It may send me to California or Texas. Oh, I feel so bad for you. Oh, I get to move to Europe. Oh, goodness. Oh, my God. I get to move to 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 California. Oh, it's in the San Diego Valley the beach it's only about it's only 10 minutes away from the shore (laughs) but i have to say though my i mean i would really love to stay here because i'm i'm starting to you know begin a life here and i'm you know i have friends here and you know i feel like i've really started to build a community and so one of the other options for me if i did want to stay in the area which is something i would love to do is actually to go into policy work um so in the U.S. government, in basically every department of the executive branch, they have research arms. And so these research facilities essentially do research for the United States government to see how uh, how they can implement programs that have been passed by Congress. Um, and there's actually a program for Ph.D. students um, in developmental psychology to go directly into one of these organizations through um a, a program I've already actually been able to work with in the past, which is called the Society for Research and Childhood Development. And so this is one of the things I've been considering deeply. It's not something I have to make a decision about right now. Um, but as I get closer to, you know, graduating and getting my PhD, it's definitely something I will think about because if I had the opportunity to stay um, in the DMV area, that would be the most ideal for me. I just wanted to take one extra second and talk about our sponsor of the week. Mid-Atlantic Video and Photography Production. No matter if you're planning a wedding and you need a wedding videographer, you're doing a music video, or you're doing commercial, they are the team to get the job done. You can reach out to them at 443-422-3830. Again, that's 443-422-3830. Or you can go right to their website at mav 
hockeypeat.com. Now let's get right back to this great interview. Well, it sounds like you have your roadmap. I so, do. <laughs> yeah. So it sounds like that's what you're doing. You just, you just do. Did you want to make that official? <laughs> like, it sounds like it's. <laughs> you like to say it right now i mean i don't know i'm there's I mean, still that a lot sounds of like a, I mean, that's i mean i mean to me you just told me you're i mean the way you the way you said it was like i know i don't i know i don't have i have a degree in business but i've taken five classes in psychology which means jack shit um <laughs> but they do teach you like you sounds like you just said what you're doing though I don't know. We'll have to see. Okay. I mean, because there are options. Like, I could do um, a postdoc through one of these organizations and see if I like it, see if I, I like working in policy, because I could get into it and be like, this is not for me, right? Like, what a great opportunity for me to try this out, but I don't think this will work. Um, and then if that's the case, I could then do a postdoc in research um, and really try out being a instructor, um, being someone who would run their own lab and decide whether or not I want to go into academia after that. So there's still, I have two paths. Um, that could be really great for me. And right now I'm just kind of teetering and trying to decide uh, which way which way I'll end up falling. Well, technically you have a third path, which will probably be our last thing we want to talk about, is winning Miss, Miss Maryland and then winning Miss, mm -hmm. Miss America. Miss America. Yes. Yes. But let's not put the head before the horse. You do have to win Miss Maryland before you win Miss America. So, <laughs> yes. So um, let's not jump in front of all 50 girls let's jump just try and jump in front of 20 so <laughs> so <Okay. laughs> so going into the competition you're going to do a dance performance and then mm -hmm. um do you want to kind of give us a style of what you what you expect like i mean are you aging out is this your last year to do it or do you have several more years no I actually, I have one more year, hey, one more thanks year. to Miss America expanding its age limit. Um, but I mean, this year, I'm definitely putting my all into it. I've um, been working very hard on preparation, obviously working on my talent, um, working really hard on my platform as well. I want to make sure that when I go into my interview with the judges, I have really clear ideas for them on how I can take my platform to the next level as Miss Maryland and then potentially as Miss America. Um, so... Yeah, definitely. In terms of a preview for Miss Maryland, um, I've been working really hard. <laughs> I guess is what I can say. Um, I have all my wardrobe. I'm ready to go. <laughs> I'm just kind of chomping at the bit. Uh, I'm excited to get there and get started. Well, I, I think everyone is. I mean, I talked to Mercedes two weeks ago, and Mercedes, um, I mean, she's ready to do her interview. Um, you know how yeah. much... I know how much the two of you love to talk. So my biggest oh, yeah. thing that I would really <laughs> encourage you to both do is to really be precise with your interview and not to go way over and expand too much and really, you know, show your personality, which you will just, you know, you don't need to say every single last thing, just say the most important thing because oh, I right. think, because I, I think, yeah, I, I, I don't think either of you are going to have a challenge winning over the judges, but I know yeah. the two of both of you love to talk. So I just yes. encourage you guys to, to really be um, sister Queens and, 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 and tell each other to, to be more precise. So, 
Yeah. I think that's really good advice. That's definitely advice that I've gotten in the past. You know, I think it's really easy when you're in an interview and you get a question, you're like, this is the question that's going to win me the crown. And you just want right. to keep talking. <laughs> so it's really good. I always like to say, um, I actually had a mentor who worked with me, um, you know, a couple of years back. Unfortunately, he passed. His name was Don Baker. Um, some, you know, pageant people who have been in this world for a little while probably know of Don. Um, and he always encouraged having those head-on answers. So when someone asks you a question, how do you feel about X? You come on with a head on answer. Like, I feel good about X or I feel bad about X or I don't know how I feel about X. Um, and that really can help you guide your answer so that you are more precise. And that's definitely something that's helped me in the past. So overall, I mean, are you prepared? Like, like compared I would to like la- to think so. <laughs> well, compared to other years, like, do you feel that this is more your year or do you feel like you still you have things you need to accomplish like if you don't win that just gives you another year to work on what needs to be accomplished or this that you're ready to take on this higher role like how i feel you- like i feel more personally ready like i feel more more at peace with myself and like my goals are clear and my you know i have a clear mind in terms of the way i'm going into this into miss maryland um, in terms of things I could work on, there are always things to work on. I'm not someone who ever feels like I'm finished and I don't want to be someone who feels like I'm finished because that's boring, right? You always want to have new goals. Um, a lot of my goals are revolve around my platform, which is preparation for higher education. Um, and so I'm still working on those kind of in these last couple of weeks before Miss Maryland, but I have every intention to continue to use my local title after Miss Maryland to continue to achieve those goals. Because like I said, you know, the real purpose of Miss America organization is to give girls a platform to stand on so that they can talk about the issues that they care about. Um, and I, you know, I think that being able to do that even after Miss Maryland is a really valuable tool. No, I, I, Everything that I hear it sounds like you're you're saying the right stuff, you know. You know, I I, I meet some people, I meet some people and I'm like you you say it but it doesn't like, you know, you and Mercedes, you guys come off like you're you would be prepared to to do to you know, take the role like you're taking every opportunity possible to to you know you know to me it was really disappointing that not that many people showed up at at this outing you know and to me that shows that you know if you're the only way the only things i would excuse would be work and if you weren't in the state you were on vacation other than that you should have made a priority to i mean you know so like being it's to me it sounds like you guys are prepared to to win i mean i think that that hat plays a major role too and oh yeah well i mean i think it has to do with being willing to take the job and ready to take the job you know that being said you know like it can yeah, be but difficult I think, to but i think wait wait before, before you before you like i think everybody's willing to take a job it's like you'd be willing to take a million dollars too but i think you're <laughs> but i think you're prepared to is what i'm saying Right, and there that there is a difference between that between being like, yeah, I want to be Miss Maryland, and I'm ready to be Miss Maryland. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I agree. And and how um, because this is your first year doing or the the state 
is the official because they, they, they're going to kick it all off because some of the locals had it and some of the locals didn't. Are you excited for these new rules and having the opportunity mm. to talk more and not do the bikining anymore and really focus more on your brain and not your body? Like, are you, are you excited for that? Like, or like how, how are you ready for that? Like, how are I you am 100% ready. <laughs> I was actually really excited about some of the new rules. I know that they were controversial and I completely understand that. I know a lot of people are traditionalists and Miss America started off as a swimsuit competition in 1921 in Atlantic city. That was the main purpose. It was called the bathing beauty um, competition. Um, but at the end of the day, I really think that the more modern view of Miss America is a scholarship program. Um, it's an opportunity for young women to really step into themselves in a professional sense um, and also in a community service sense. And so it really seems to me that these new rules really reflect what Miss America has, trying to be, has been trying to get to for a long time. And so I'm really excited. Um, you know, that being said, I... I um, I know that this is controversial and I, I know that some people aren't going to like this, but I hope um, that the organization can really come together and be united at the end of the day that this is, this is Miss America. This is a pageant that we know and love just because it has a little bit of a new face. Doesn't mean that it's changed completely. No, I, I absolutely agree. And to be perfectly honest, based on your, your background, because you're not, the way I perceive you, you're more education than beauty queen. I think oh. that this is like I and it's not a um, it's not a smack in the face either way. Um, it's more it's more um, like up your alley to win because they're looking for they're looking for that really intelligent girl than looking for the best looking girl in the room. Right. And I I don't necessarily think that Miss America was ever, you know, primarily looking for a beauty queen. I think that it was definitely a part of it. It's really hard to get away from that when you have areas of competition that you are judging on someone's appearance. Um, but that but being they, said, I've never considered myself a beauty queen. I have they, always considered myself a member of Miss America organization because of its scholarships and because of its service orientation. But when they let you actually talk more, that's... They're, they're going to give you more. You get to talk twice now. So you yeah. get to on stage. Now, yeah. I, I, people that aren't paying attention, the old rules, you only get to speak once. And that's after they eliminate you and you get, you now get to speak in the middle of the competition. So that's a greater opportunity to really show that one, your poise, one, that you can talk, one, that you're intelligent, and four, one, that you can just like, you know, form a command an audience. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Command an audience. Perfect. Um, you know, because you, what you do the most, okay, it's what Adriana does the most. She talks every single day. She never wears a bikini. Um, yep. um she wears evening gowns sometimes. <laughs> but I mean, like, but rarely being judged on it. <laughs> right, right, but but like, what she's doing most of the time is she's doing radio interviews, or she's being interviewed for a magazine, or she's going to a public event, and the the governor's there, or the the vice governor's there, or she was today, today, she's at the Supreme Court doing a tour with the other local Miss Maryland, uh, Miss America organization. She's going with Virginia and DC. 
So she has to be, you have to be able to communicate. So it has nothing to do with how gorgeous you are, which that's Mm -hmm. why I'm saying for you and for, for women overall, you know, I think it's a good step in the right direction because now we're talking about really being, so now, you know, for example, it's really, I don't know if you, if you watch all the USA competitions, but a couple years ago for the opening name they had the girls for USA wear a mask, and then each girl would take the mask off, and they would say, Marilyn. Well, of course, when our girl came up, she left the mask on. She said Maryland. So she looked like she was a moron in front of national audience. So that's a perfect example. Right, that's a perfect example where we don't want you to have it. I, we, we don't want you guys to, to ever be um, associated with, and like to be like airheads or, or, you know, we want you to be really smart, intelligent women, you know, because 90% of the time you guys are the ones that go on and become senators and governors and elected yeah, officials. Yeah, actually, um, I think Heather French Henry, who was a former Miss America, very recently took over the role of um, Secretary of State in, I think, Illinois. And I think that's really impressive. And I think that those are the things that we should be talking about. Mallory Heights Hagen, Miss America 2012, recently ran for Congress in Alabama and gave the person there, you know, in a very conservative area um, as a Democrat, a run for his money. And I think that that is amazing that we have young women who are really the best and the brightest who are part of this organization. And I think it's, you know, it's unfortunate when you focus solely on someone's appearance because you really miss out on some of these other amazing things these women are doing which I personally think is the whole point of the Miss America organization is to highlight young women and their abilities. Um, and it's hard to do that when, you know, kind of beauty and appearance gets in the way. And she was criticized because she was a bigger girl during her competition. Yeah, she gained but weight she's that so, first week. And she's so smart and she's oh, so she's elegant. So, intelligent. Yeah. so that's why I'm saying like, there's so many people that I was just watching. I also think, can I can I just no, say go for it, go for it, go for it, there. go for it. Like I think that like a criticism of, of pageantry in general when it comes to weight is that there's this unrealistic standard. I mean, I personally know girls who have developed eating disorders um, because of swimsuit, and that's not healthy. I mean, it's supposed it was supposed to be the lifestyle and fitness portion, and I really felt like at times it wasn't. It was the absolute opposite. You had girls who were having um, problems with their mental health um, and with their, you know, actual physical health because of this area of competition. And I think that that's, that's really troubling to me. And I'm really glad that now we can kind of move away from that and really focus on what matters, which is a girl's brain, you know, what's coming out of her mouth, her talent, how hard she works. Um, And so I think that it really is a step in the right direction. I mean, if they wanted to replace it with anything than eliminating it, um, I, 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 I'm on the side of giving you guys more opportunities to talk because the TV yeah. broadcasting, is, the, the broadcast show is, is short. So there's, they don't really get, you don't, there's, if you're not in TV broadcast, you don't understand there's really only so much time and the commercials oh, yeah. actually have so much. Um, and that's just because I, of the, but I just want to say that if they were going to replace it with something and they weren't going to let you talk, they should have done fitness and made you guys, and See, had like yeah. full body fitness where you have to actually show Preach. that you work out, like you have to do push-ups, kind of what the girls do for uh, outstanding teen, but more aggressive. Yes. Like they could have, they could have put together like a small. I would have been okay. I would have been okay with them keeping swimsuit and just lowering the 
like the actual physical beauty standards, right? You know, because I think, or like what we it's think still, of but, as but, beautiful. But it's still a bikini. See, that's the thing. Here, here, yeah. just take this as a, imagine if they just put together small, um, uh, American Ninja course and each girl, okay. each girl for their fitness portion would have to run across it. You don't have to finish. Oh, I'd be so game. That would be really cool, right? I'm just thinking like, just think about it because then, then you're showing your athletic, you're showing that you're, you're strong and confident. That's what I'm talking about. I don't. It's really hard. It would be really hard to be anorexic and do that. <laughs> no, exactly. That's what I'm talking about. That's exactly what I'm talking about. Then it's not yeah. based on what it looks like. It's showing that you're strong. Like, oh you're look, I, look, I can, I can climb the bars and walk across. Oh, I can, I can tap. That's what I'm talking about. And, and I just pray that the ratings don't continue going down because it's my belief that the ratings was a reflection of what happened to USA. That's why USA went from Sunday this year to, to Thursday. And I'm really mm. concerned, and I had talked to you privately about this, I'm really concerned that if ratings and the ad buys continue to go down, we're going to lose the only two national broadcast pageant shows. So my... Oh, yeah. Yeah, and that's a big I deal. I actually something that I... I I'm kind of hoping that Miss America and other pageant systems move to a more internet-based system. So one thing that has been pointed out to me is that a lot of national events are losing ratings in general. So of course Miss America is losing ratings. Of course Miss USA is losing ratings. So is the Victoria's Secret fashion show. Like this is just a general trend. That's because people don't watch cable anymore. Um, I think it would be really wonderful if Miss America, for example, could make a partnership with Netflix or with Hulu or um, with some other online streaming service, maybe um, Amazon Prime, because that's where a lot of people are getting their entertainment now. Um, and so, you know, then it would be uh, openly accessible to people for weeks instead of just being, um, you know, a, a one one off event, live event that some people are going to miss. Some people are going to, you know, fall across, you know, when they're flipping through their their football channels. My only argument is the live aspect would would play better on national broadcasts still because if you look at the mm -hmm. live stats for like live sports, they still hold a bigger number. So mm -hmm. I think you're right. They should have a component where you can then watch it in post-op. You know they've got a back library. I would love to have gone back and watched a couple. I, you know, every time I go back and look at, they they actually had Miss USA in in Baltimore like ten years ago, and I had to oh, go. Oh really? I yeah, didn't know so, that. Yeah, so you didn't even know. That. Um, so I they have that whole library of video. They should put that. And again, YouTube Red would be a great one. I think it's not called just YouTube Video, but um. Oh yeah, uh, YouTube Red is a really good. Yeah, uh, I agree. or Netflix and. I yeah. don't think the live broadcast, but the, um, all the what they call um, after broadcast airing should be on there, yeah. and then I agree. and then push it that way so that if people can't see it, they can watch it in in, in tape delay um, because you still get views off of it. Um, the problem, oh, yeah. and, you know, I agree with you. So I I don't think you you can't take it off yet. I think we're ten years. But your generation's going to get be you know my. Ge 
I'm 30. I'm going to be 37 this year. So I'm at, I'm literally born. I'm, no, I'm, I'm literally born in 82. So I'm technically, I'm technically a part of, of, of X. And then I'm part of, of millennial because it starts that year. So depending oh, on what. I am actually the, I'm actually almost Gen Z. I, I missed it by a year because I was born in 95 and it's 96 is, is Gen Z or maybe 97. Right. Yeah. So I'm in this weird, like, I can, depending on the topic, I'm on one side or the other. Right. So, but your generation will define that things need to be all online. But I, I think at this time, there, remember, there are still um, a lot of people that don't have internet access. Do you know there's, there's almost a million people that don't have reliable internet access through... Across the world. Well... Just let's just talk or about the United, United States. Just like in the like in the Midwest, in the upper mid, there they have really wow. bad like internet in the middle of the of the um you know like Kansas City, Missouri, uh, Minnesota, um, Idaho, uh, North Dakota, South Dakota. All these places don't have reliable internet service, so they're literally some of them are using satellite. That's why um, Tesla. And SpaceX are making this satellite um, internet. I don't know if you've heard of it yet, but they're literally um, putting up millions of satellites to have fast. I have um, heard about this. It's Elon Musk's undertaking, right? Mm-hmm. And right. it's supposed to be this new satellite-based internet that's going to be um, ten times faster than traditional satellite internet that you would get well, through direct TV. Is that in the United States, we actually have really slow internet compared to the rest of the we world. Do. Like China has, right, it's like uh, some type of fiberglass or some some kind of special. Fiber, fiber, fiber yeah. But fiber something. No. Fiber no, something. Not, no, it's fiber. Um, it's fiber. It's actually the, um, it's actually made out of glass. So that's why it's called f- uh, fiberglass. Um, okay, yeah. And so the idea is that, like in China, they have the super fast internet mm-hmm. um, that the country took the undertaking of, of upgrading to. And now China has really fast internet. Um, and the United States really hasn't had the opportunity to do that. We haven't really well, taken we have that a, on. We have a lot of what we call dark fiber connections where oh. dark fibers where it was actually laid out 10, 20 years ago. Because the technology for fast internet is basically that old, and um, they never connected it to the local neighborhoods, so they ran it to like the phone book. The phone, I I don't know how technical anyone here is on the show. I don't know how technical you are when it comes to, it. but they ran it to the the old phone station, and then the phone book. Whoever your Ours here in Maryland is Verizon. So Verizon would be responsible for running that fiber to your house. Well, the cost of running fiber to your house is just not in their interest. So they never did it. So, and there's no government uh, mandate to require that. So you have all this, what they call dark fiber. That's just like not being connected. And that's where you get 100 megabytes up and down, which is actually slow. Um, they're, they're talking about a thousand megabytes up and down so and i i mean in my house i get about 30 up and down so and that's not quick i mean compared to what it was 20 years ago oh my god yeah but like i mean some of our 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 colleagues and other places in the world literally a thousand megabytes up and down so Mm. so 
I mean, clearly we could talk about other topics, and I'll definitely. Oh yeah, I, definitely, I mean, I could talk for hours and hours and hours. I definitely <laughs> want to, um, you know, after you win Miss Maryland, um, oh. America, um, we'll definitely have to have you come on as a guest, and we can talk about your entire year, your planning year, and everything, and everything. But before you leave, I'd love to give you an opportunity to talk about anything that's really important to you. Yeah. So, please. The floor is yours. Oh, wonderful. Okay, so I think one of the things that we really didn't get to touch on a ton, I know I mentioned it a couple of times, is my platform. Um, so my platform is Preparation for Higher Education, and essentially my goal is to be able to prepare students for higher education by improving um, our public education system. There's a lot that goes into that, and some of that is me advocating in classrooms, some of that is me advocating to policymakers directly, but one of the main things that I do is I'm actually, uh, I teamed up with an organization called National Higher Education Day, which is both a day, June 6th, um, and an organization. It has a website. You can actually go check it out. It's nationalhighereducationday.org. We provide resources to students that they can prepare themselves both financially and academically for higher education, um, but in terms of what I want to promote note right now, something I really want to point out is, again, that National Higher Education Day is a social media campaign that takes place on June 6th. Um, and each and every one of your listeners can take part by simply posting a picture of something that is related to education in their life. And then in the comment section, mentioning their education, where they're at in their education, their career ambition, um, their degree or major, and how their education has impacted them. And use the hashtag National Higher Education Day, and we'll actually repost you to um, our Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook sites. So again, that's June 6th. So that's actually a week from tomorrow. Um, so definitely mark that on your calendar and post because it will help us really advocate to students so that they can see the way that higher education has impacted individuals across the nation and even across the world. Um, but let's and see, guys, don't, that, don't if you if you're a bad speller and a bad um, reader like myself, all of her contact information will be in the contact list. So all you'll have to do is go to the uh, bio and the information, and click on the link, and it'll go right there for her. So don't stress if you didn't catch that. So go ahead, go ahead, go yes. ahead. Um, so then there's only really, I guess there's two other things I want to mention. Um, the second is Children's Miracle Network Hospitals. So for those of you who are already involved with the Miss America organization, you know that CMN is a really big partnership that Miss America has. And our job is to advocate for these, for these children and really be a support system for Children's Miracle Network. And so I'm actually personally raising money along with all of the other Miss Maryland candidates. And so if you would like to donate to my personal fund or anyone else's fund so that we can help support CMN, you can just go to MissAmericaForKids.com, I believe. It might be .org. I think it's MissAmericaForKids.org. Have you, um, and then have you can you actually search my name in there. Have you seen that young child that, um, that has become a celebrity that has a brain cancer? He's this beautiful little black kid. And... Um, I don't know his. I think his name's Jeremy. Jeremy, or he's just such a sweetheart. He um, they interviewed him for like six hours during the fundraiser they did at the hospital. Oh. So um, I did he, see that Adriana went to that. Yeah, That's and he also read the. Um, they let him uh, read the, the draft pick this past um, 
this past uh, spring. So, oh, I um, love that. Yeah. Well, maybe he'll be. I think there's there's like a kid of the year, CMN uh, kid of the year. Probably him. He's probably the kid of the year because he's so charming. So. Um, oh, yeah. I know that one of the kids of the year, Kira, the Kira's year. Um, she went on and she was actually on The Voice. She's a beautiful singer. I actually got to sing her sing in person when I went to Miss America. So it's a great. Yeah. I, I, I would encourage guys, even if you're not doing it just to help her out, donate money to. I mean, we all that are listening to this had the benefit of having somewhat a great childhood because you're living and you're alive. I don't know if you had a good family or a bad family, but the most important thing is that you were able to go to school and not worry about cancer and worried about not being sick. Okay. And if you did do that, you recovered. So please give that hope to that other person that truly needs that support. I, I, the worst thing is to start life off on the wrong foot, not because you chose to, but because your body is rejecting and causing you to be sick. So if you yeah. have extra money and you have a big heart, please give it to children who have cancer, no matter if it's Casey Cares Foundation or the Children's Miracle Network. All of those organizations in Baltimore really do need your help and support, and they would truly appreciate it. And the wonderful thing about the, the Miss America for Kids website is that all of those funds stay local. So that means that the funds that I raise will go to John Hopkins, the Children's Center there. Um, and so you can be assured that you are helping children in your area. There's really only one other thing I want to highlight, and this is a little bit more of a personal one. Um, so Miss Maryland this year is doing a People's Choice Award. Um, and so you can actually go to pageantplanet.com and look up the Miss Maryland 2019 competition, and you can vote for me, um, $1 per vote. I think I'm in second place right now. Um, and the person who I'm not counting People's or Choice, anything, but I'm in second place. <laughs> counting <laughs> the, per the person who wins people's choice will be automatically assured a place in the top 11 and to be honest guys it's not about getting the opportunity to be in the oh, top yeah top this, 11. this is really yeah um so scholarships like let, let's really let's put this in perspective this goes back to just giving money to the children's so Literally, you have money, okay? You don't know what you're going to do with it. You don't have any grandchildren. Please just give it to one of these young ladies and let them live out their dreams. There's got to be one girl that you find attractive enough or you like their bio or you like their personality or you like their hair color. Whatever reason you want to, just please. If it's and not, just as an incentive, it's, I will it's tell only you a dollar, it's a dollar. You know? Yeah, I, I'll just tell you that personally, the the scholarships that I earn from Miss Maryland, I'm going to be putting towards my student loans. <laughs> so I promise it will be used for a good reason. <laughs> well, I think we really um, pointed that out, but if it, it wasn't obvious enough, she wants to be a doctor, guys. So if you want another gorgeous woman to be a doctor, please help her, okay? <laughs> so... All right. Um, I really appreciate you coming on the show. Um, I think we, I, I think it was a great interview. I hope you enjoyed yourself. 
I and get absolutely. So, um, and thank you. Of course, absolutely. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much, Tamron, for being on the show. We really appreciate it. It's always good to hear stories from people that are really trying to better themselves, traveling, getting outside the comfort zone, um, not staying in the same community, and really starting to grow. And we are totally rooting for you this coming month and uh, hope you do well at Miss Maryland. Don't forget, everyone, our podcasts come out every Thursday. So please subscribe on YouTube. Please sign up to our RSS feed on iTunes and follow us and stay tuned.